Welcome to Schools of Thought, a podcast by Ed Essentials. My name is Hunter Flesh, and before we start today, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Schools of Thought. It really helps other educators find us and connect with us. On today's episode, I have with me my roommate, my best friend for a long time, Dustin Eubanks. What's up, Dustin? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and this is the first podcast you've ever done. How did it go? Yo, by far the best podcast ever beats anything on spotify <laughs> this whole barack and bruce springsteen vibe what? going on this is like what are you even talking about so, you haven't seen this no barack and bruce barack obama and bruce springsteen have a co-hosted podcast wow. now this intro is really getting away from us <laughs> joe rogan watch out <laughs> yeah, you, you better yeah you might want to wrap this up so dustin explain to the listeners why i'm bringing you on today I don't know. <laughs> um, you're bringing me on to give the substitute teacher perspective, which is kind of a unique one, kind of a niche one. Yeah. Well, we noticed that there's a massive issue in the area of education, field of education, uh, with substitute teaching, not just getting subs into the profession, but how we keep them in the profession and what truly makes a sub great, some of the challenges that we overcome. Um, as substitutes, and I know I used to be a substitute before I started teaching, and you've been a substitute long-term now. So I think it's going to be really helpful, especially for school and district leaders who are trying to figure out how we keep and retain those substitute teachers that we have. You know, I don't have any magic bullet that will fix the uh, number issue, but this is definitely a podcast episode for those that are just trying to figure out how to make a sub's life easier and more um, beneficial for them. So, without further ado, you, Dustin Eubanks, are going to be on this next part of this episode. No way. Way. All right, let's go. You're Dustin Eubanks. I will be what gets you to go like viral, viral. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. We're gonna go viral. Oh, we are. Dustin, oh, we are Dustin. recording right now. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were just like getting ready, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're live. Schools of thought. Welcome, uh, Dustin Eubanks, to the podcast. This is awesome. We've been waiting to get you on, but yeah, this is are. definitely my fault. I definitely drew this out, like, months and months. In the time from when you originally were going to bring me on to be, like, the substitute perspective, and now you are definitely more popular than you were when I was originally going to be on your podcast. (laughs) Well, I blame it on myself, too, because we've lived together for two years. Yeah. (laughs) We couldn't have recorded until now. I mean, we're busy in our own ways, but (laughs) not that busy. (laughs) Took a pandemic to to make it happen. It's fine. Well, oh, Dustin, yeah. I'm happy that we are making it happen. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you even interested in becoming a substitute teacher. So for those who are just meeting me, which is probably most of you, um, I've been best friends with Hunter for a long time. Uh, so we met in, probably would have been middle school at Waukee, doing like choir and band stuff. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, grew up in Waukee, which is just west of Des Moines, and then 
I ended up going to Drake and did an international relations major after a lot of meandering and changing my major a million times with the idea of teaching always at the back of my head, but I never acknowledged it. <laughs> uh, after I graduated, I went and worked on sailboats for a bit. That's a whole separate thing. So if anybody's really that interested... It's going to be a part two. Yeah, you can email Hunter and he'll forward it to me and we can talk. But after the sailboat thing, which was like my post-college adventure... I moved home to finally follow up on that hunch that maybe teaching was something I did want to do, at least at some level, if not eventually, as my profession. That's why I started substitute teaching. And that's what brought me home, is it was going to be easier for me to get certified to sub right away in my home state. Yeah. Well, and it's very consistent, too. You were starting, when we when you moved back, you are trying to find something you could do during the week that wasn't, you know, obviously we don't have boats really to work on in Iowa. Unless right, you're, right. You know? So it allowed so. me to follow up on that educator hunch yeah. and start to reset myself yeah. a little bit financially and routine-wise. Well, and so. you'd, you'd been interested in becoming an English teacher, so you kind of had the passion for the work. Um, so I'm interested in kind of when you enter that classroom, and you could talk about maybe your first sub-experience because you've been at a bunch of different schools. Mm-hmm. But when you first entered that, um, that classroom you were subbing for, what was your mindset and um, how did you deal with the challenges of the day? Because I'm sure there were plenty, <laughs> to say the least. There still are. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. The same ones are still there. <laughs> uh, well, the, the first day, I can, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I know what my first, my first job was. Uh, it was. It was a middle school math job and I went in there and just told myself that I was going to pretend I'd been subbing for a long time. I was going to introduce myself in the first five minutes of class as if I had been a substitute teacher as a career for decades. Try not to feign at all toward the students that I was like brand new to it. Um, And then just took whatever came at me. And it was really not that different than it is now. Like I have more skills now on how to try and yeah. Uh, manage behavior, the things I've watched other teachers do now that I've been doing it, um, coming up on the two, two year mark of substitute teaching. But that first day, I was just kind of like, all right, so this is what it looks and feels like. And this is what it's like. What, like, this is what, oh, we have a sub, like getting to see what that really means or be reminded of it because I'm yeah. sure we did some of the same stuff to oh, yeah. subs too. Uh, yeah. So it was just kind of like my intro phase and I just kind of let it happen managed what I could with my skill set at that current moment right and then immediately started trying to figure out what I needed to what I needed to learn that I didn't know yeah so what maybe is some of the biggest things that you learn now because you like for context you are like the school that you're at you are the go-to sub for that school yes and so that's like a pretty sweet deal because you get to show up to the same school every day you get a routine, you know the kids, and you build those relationships. Whereas, you know, maybe to start, you probably felt like you were bouncing around quite a bit, and so you didn't get the consistency, but you got a lot of practice. And so maybe what are some of the things that you've learned as a substitute that you take with you now into each classroom? Yeah, well, I think the bouncing around for the first few months was actually helpful in the sense that it exposed me to a range so you know trying elementary versus trying middle school versus trying high school helped me figure out what personality I worked best with and then I was actually subbing at like three different districts at one point one like so one being P2 
purely suburban, one being kind of borderline suburban urban, and then one urban. Uh, so being exposed to some of the inequities that I had always heard were there and like learned about in some of my other classes mm-hmm. indirectly, they weren't ed classes, but indirectly, yeah. uh, getting hands-on experience in those different, like the things that are different from urban to suburban. And then really I haven't done rural, but I would still like to, to try right. and like capture that whole spectrum. But that helped me kind of figure out where I fit. And then once I kind of had that figured out and started to get a better grip on the classroom, it kind of just became a relationship game. So where was I developing the strongest relationships, both with staff uh, and with students, and then figuring out how I could build that until I had kind of carved out a niche for myself, which I think there may be subs who do still like kind of going school to school, but I know that I have found it helpful, and I believe the staff and students have also found it helpful to eventually develop a consistent niche. So that would be the the other big thing, is if you're going to approach substitute teaching like the legitimate job that it can and should be, then figure out what you're best at and start to like gravitate that direction. Because I feel like if you continue to just like, I'm an elementary SPED associate this day, and then I'm a high school math teacher this day, and then on Wednesday I'm middle school literacy, and then on Thursday I'm, I don't know, preschool, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're, you're not really honing in any skills. Interesting. Um, so you mentioned that you're, it's like a relationship sort of deal where once you start, you know, you figure out where you fit best, you start finding the little tweaks and strategies that you can bring into the classroom, you know, um, but then it's all about like, what do you do with the students when they're there? And for you, and you've talked to me about this quite a bit, um, you really found like the, your niche, like you were saying, the place that you have the biggest impact is with those high BD kids, the ones that are refusing to go to class, the ones that are always have their hoods up and not doing work. Like, why do you feel like you have the most impact there versus a different part of the school? Because a lot of subs, to be honest, a lot of subs would, would not be willing to take that type of situation on. Sure. And I know that's something that a lot of subs like struggle with Mm -hmm. and that staff struggle with, with subs. So I'm curious what some different like principals and administrators will say, uh, listening to this. Um, I think it's some of it's things that are in my control and then some of it's just ways that I'm lucky or privileged. So the luckier privilege is that I am very young. I'm Hunter's age. I'm obviously so I'm 25 yeah so and it's not that youth determines whether or not you're able to have that kind of relationship with a student but I think some of those doors in for the students who really struggle to trust adults or to build those relationships that youth helps like gives me a couple of extra doors um as far as what I think I I one thing I've always had that I'm lucky to have had put into me as a kid was a lot of patience. Um, there's a lot of reasons that maybe patience is something I have as a skill, um, different life things and things that I've been able to practice it. But because I feel like that's the other thing that your average, I mean, even I'm sure you can attest that some teachers don't like the patience to deal with like really high BD yeah. kids. And I'm, I, I just, you know, I can wait it out or I can like walk laps with them yeah. until they start to give something back, like whatever it is. Uh, I don't really, yeah, and I don't really know how I 
first discovered that, except I think it had to be once I was getting to know kids consistently in the same school and mm-hmm. identify who those kids were. It was like blocks off when I had a block off and I, you know, I was walking and they were walking and yeah. like, like skipping. Like it was at some point I decided to take the chance to try and yeah, like try and start walking with them and try to get them to talk to me. And then I realized I liked that. Yeah. yeah so some things, some of it's like just lucky to have those skills that were taught to me or put into me when I was young. And then some of it's just practice. Uh, that's the other thing I would say too, is if, if, my advice to someone who's just starting subbing is that's something that's going to take time and I still screw it up. There are times where yeah, I mess that up and I'm not claiming I, but by no means am I an expert in, <laughs> I don't think that's why you asked. Like I'm not an expert in behavior, but like the, the things that allow you to at least work with that, especially mm-hmm. as a sub. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I am able to do that yeah i like how you're talking about just at some point you just kind of decided to take the lap with the student like you probably had that thought process going in your head of like well this kid's not going to class so i might as well take a lap with them and just see just see what happens and that alone is such a huge step that i even teachers you know need to be willing to make and that's a huge piece of advice for them is like if you have a student who's just simply not doing what you need them to do, need them to do, figure out something else because they're not going to do your work. So, so start somewhere else. And if it's a lap, it's a lap. If it's talking about music, it's music. Like, but find something different that that can get to the core of that person, that can build that relationship. And maybe for you, you've probably noticed that it doesn't happen overnight. Like, it probably took a lot of time for those kids to build trust in you before they're like, oh, now what's up, Mr. Eubanks? I can talk to him. I trust him. It's not a lot of subs will come in for just a day or two and expect that trust to be there, but it's, that's not the case. Right, and so much of what I learned to work with those kids came from watching how the teachers in different schools, like me as a sub, putting yeah. the energy into learning from the teachers around me who've been at it for a lot longer because they, you know, a teacher with 10, 15 years of experience trying to work through those things. So a lot of that too was being observant like my first few months subbing yeah and and you can you can tell like classroom to classroom what each teacher's style is just based on the way uh, the kids like talk and the and the way they conduct themselves so i would pull this strategy from this teacher and this strategy from this teacher um and like find i eventually have found my own like blend of strategies but each teacher I've subbed for has had something to teach me and as long as I was open to seeing that or noticing it think like it's in their language or it's in and it could be verbal language or body language yeah the kinds of things they use to try and start that like conversation right like that was that was all things people I that I watched and learned that took watching and learning so I have a question then on that so when you were watching and learning that learning from those teachers, did you, was it from a place of like, Hey, I want to be a, as great of a sub as I can be, or it's just like, Hey, I want, I, I have all these problems that I need fixed. Is it a mix of both? Because a lot of subs will come in and they're, maybe they are established. Maybe they have their own former practices that they use, or they just kind of try one strategy, it doesn't work, well, that's the only strategy they have. And then it's just like, well, this stunk, I'm not going to be a sub again. 
you know, so, so did that mindset of wanting to learn from other teachers come from just, I want to be a really great sub or I want to like help the kids, a mix of all that. I think help the kids is the big one. Some of this definitely comes from the fact that I've like, like I said at the start of the episode that I have thought maybe I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Like half the reason that I am or got into subbing was to like get the classroom time that I didn't have because I wasn't an education major, which mm-hmm. I know sounds terrifying to some people <laughs> to have subs in the in the room that aren't education major. We can that can be a whole separate rabbit hole that we could go down. Um, um, hopefully, the people who've seen me work can use me as an example of it. It can work out okay. Um, it is possible. It is possible. Uh, but yeah, helping it's kind of a recognition. I'm just gonna let me back up. Because I, I think I was going to answer this in a previous question, and it ties right into this. Yeah. One of the things you learn to do once you've subbed enough is accept what you will and won't accomplish in a day, block to block, student to student. That's just a substitute teacher thing. So that's where I think substitutes struggle sometimes, and I know I struggled. And I still occasionally do when I when I don't start the day off the right way, uh, is thinking that you're gonna somehow have some like angelic day in, in that room. <laughs> and there are there are uh, there are certain classrooms or certain schools where that that can happen. But the, the fact of the matter is you're 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 the sun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you learn early on to like spot your victories and seize the victories and then accept where you're going to take your L's. And I don't want that to sound like complacency. It's like recognizing the reality that you are the guest teacher in the room. Uh, So at some point I decided that some of the victories I could accomplish for some of those students, if I, if I wasn't going to accomplish like the perfect lesson plan for them, then I could at least help them on the human level. So that's where I think a lot of, Mm. A lot of that comes from when the question you just asked is, if I'm not going to be able to help you get this, you know, Prezi done or whatever it is <laughs> you're supposed to be working on right now. Like, if I can tell we're not going to get there, yeah. well, can I at least, so can my victory with you for today be that you trust me a little more than some other adults? Right. Or can my victory with you today be that in the future, when I come back, because that's something I now always tell the kids, especially like the sixth graders when I meet them for the first time. I'm like, I sub here all the time, so I'm going to come back. So if you make my life hard, you're going to see me. Um, but maybe the next time I'm here, will you feel like you can come talk to me if you need to? Um, and so it's, yeah, yeah it's it, it just it's another one of those things that I've just developed over a year, year and a half, two years, is accept the L's and then spot the victories and like grab them and sometimes that victory yeah. is not going to be academic especially yeah. especially as a sub i mean you can talk yeah. as a teacher i'm sure and everyone who you've talked with on your podcast there are days as the full a lot of days as the full-time teacher that yeah. academic victories might be few and far between it can be a bad lesson plan right it can be the students are having a bad day yeah. um, but what can we win yeah that's such a good mindset though to have and for any sub teacher administrator whoever listening to that, I mean, that just applies to anything. Like, be willing to accept what you can accomplish in that day. If it's like accepting that, you know, students, are, like you said, are having a bad day, or if, even if teachers and administrators and subs are having bad days, like, we all, we're all human. And so just being willing to accept what is given to you 
and do your best with to make do with what's given and then try and build on what you can we don't always get the best out of our kids we don't always get the best out of ourselves but we have to be okay with accepting where we're at and just building off of that yeah and that, that's like a that's a mindset thing i feel like we we feel like we have to be perfect and and like i think if when you're when you're talking about it, i'm like teacher lesson plans that we have to turn in every now and again or like in college you have to turn in specific lesson plans and teachers freak out because oh my gosh i missed this quote i forgot to say it this exact way and my transition was off by by 30 seconds and it ruined the come on like ex- just relax a little and accept what how it went and just try and improve off of what you got and if if people had that mindset i think we'd eliminate some of that that pressure we put on ourselves to be perfect especially as a sub who's trying to make the plans go well, trying to do the best they can for kids. Obviously, they're, they're subbing for a reason. They care about students. They care about kids. They wouldn't, wouldn't just sub, just hopefully not. But um, Yeah, well, and, and that, that's actually an intro. That's probably that's a whole, whole other conversation, thing. too. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure tons of administrators can, I'm sure they have sub horror stories. Right, uh, right. But ideally, all the subs that are coming in for the day yeah. want to be positive, yeah. not negative for the school. So that goes into my next question then is what is a challenge then that you see for most subs and how can schools help alleviate it? Because I'm sure there are things that you've seen that are really hard to deal with and maybe some things that are in your control. It sounds like you've been able to, to grapple with and figure out, but some things that are happening when you're at that school and you're wondering like, why isn't the school helping me with this? You know, what is, what is one of those challenges that you think a school could help you with? Or help subs with? I think the biggest challenge substitute teachers have is, I mean, it's it's all the stigma around that word. Because like I said, we probably remember when we were young, like as a kid, mm-hmm. and remember these are kids. Right. Like, oh, got the sub. <laughs> and there's always the kids who want to make your life easier for that day. And then there's a couple who are like, yeah. all right, let's, let's push <laughs> buttons. Yep. Um, so there's a stigma to being a sub like that word that it's not a legitimate thing mm. uh, and that it can't be approached like a legitimate job that requires legitimate skills and legitimate practice and legitimate training. And I think that's where I feel very grateful to have developed the relationships I have in the schools that I've taught at. Every school has done this for me. Obviously, I experience it very directly now that I'm kind of in-house at one building. But Mm -hmm. every district, I I have been lucky to feel supported by administration especially, but then then the teachers around me. Uh, But I think like one of the biggest things is uh, when when a counselor or an assistant principal or a, or a behavior strategist, when they take the time to actually learn your name and then approach you like an actual staff member, that's what brings the sub back. Because mm-hmm. I think like anyone who subs knows that they're gonna have some tough days with the students. So when the teacher next door actually takes the time to learn your name as a sub, um, actually comes and checks on you just once or twice, and it's not like the teacher doesn't have enough to do on their own as it is. Uh, But like I can think of times where I felt seen as the guest teacher and was approached 
like a legitimate part of the school's operation. And then I can think of times where it was kind of like hit and miss where I sort of felt like the school saw me and knew I was in that room, but maybe, you know, a face didn't pop in as often as I would have liked for me to feel like they really empathize with whatever was going yeah. on um which yeah. and it's it's hard because like the fact of the matter is like as the sub you are temporary like yeah even if you know until you get to the point where maybe you are four or five days a week at the same place like for the most part most of the guest teachers that come through are temporary presences um but if the goal of subs i i don't know what you as a teacher like I, i'm interested to hear what your what you ideally want from a sub when you leave sub plans behind is. Uh, but I'm interested what teachers and administrators, like what their goals are for like the prime, like the prime substitute or an ideal substitute. Uh, and then what's in place to allow that to happen. Like, do you, do you support the sub as a legitimate member of the school, even if it's only temporarily? And how do you fit that into a day where you need to already support your full-time staff? Yeah. Which is a challenge. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but yeah. the, the, I told you I was long winded. No, so. no, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. The, but. I think the common thread that you're kind of weaving there is it comes down to the relationships you build. And you asked me what I would expect if I had a sub in my room and I'd say just have positive experiences with the students you know academic work can be pushed off for a day if I'm sick one day you know obviously it's a little different if I if, you know when I was the long-term sub um, for a couple different teachers there has to be academic progress made of course there's a little bit different uh, level of responsibility I think um, but if I'm gone for a day I expect the teacher to have positive experiences with that with those students and you know, it's because I can make up that academic stuff later on. But if that person is coming in, yelling at students, making it terrible for them, then it like the teacher almost has to deal with all this aftermath. And then that automatically builds a, a negative stu- uh, stigma, not just for um, that one sub, but now like we could have a great sub like you come in and they already think now that you're going to be like her or like him because... They've had that one bad experience. So personally, I want that person, that sub who's covering my room to simply have good experiences with those students um, and do the best they can. But I don't know, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and I, I, um, I recognize that relationships has been the center of so, much, so many of my answers. I, I do recognize that is one of a sub's chief jobs is to try to, I think the way they phrased it to us when I was doing like the Heartland AEA credits as part of the substitute authorization certificate was to keep the plane in the air mm-hmm. is the, is the idea. Right. Yeah. So that's not to say that I don't go in every day hoping to get the academic things done. And actually that's another one of the student victories that I try to make sure to have every day. So there's the relationships and the behaviors like you and I talked about. Mm-hmm. I also try to make sure as a sub that um, if, there's a really good block of student, like a good block that doesn't have like a bad mesh of personalities, a block that is super focused or even in a, a rough block. I say blocks. That's what I'm used to. Right, period right. block. Um, even in a really rough block or period. Okay. How do I locate the students who are still actually making that academic process and keep the plane in the air for them at least. And then yeah. when I do have a good day or a good class, and I can keep that plane in the air. That is a chief 
priority. So that's not to say that like uh, that like that's definitely any substitute who's listening or anyone who's thinking about subbing. Like you do have to try to do the lesson plan. This yeah. isn't like throw out the lesson <laughs> like plan a free pass. and have a have a fireside chat. Yeah, but no, that's like the relationship part is huge and. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe like kids are pretty resilient to different adults moving through the room in general, but I do feel like the guest teacher inevitably disrupts whatever relationship is there, especially the, the most awkward one is probably when it's like a few days. Yeah. I feel like it's probably most like one day's one thing or long term which I've done a couple long-term jobs is another thing. Cause then you have weeks to try and yeah. like become kind of the real teacher for a bit, like a seven to 10 day job. That's kind of weird for the students. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just equipping subs with relationship skills. Cause that's, that's where you can do the damage. Yeah. I think there's, Oh yeah. It's, it's one thing if the plane flies at 35,000 feet or maybe sinks a little bit to 25,000 feet and you're right you have to push back your academic stuff a little bit yeah but it's a separate thing if the kids feel disrespected yeah because then you've oh, yeah. you as the teacher and or the school have now brought like you have done something to negatively affect their lives and there are kids I've seen kids hold that against them yeah like you brought somebody in who screamed at me Mm -hmm. like you brought somebody in who couldn't deal with the fact that I have bad ADD yeah um and that can cause an actual issue right like that can screw something up badly enough to um yeah anyway I, I digress no I mean it's it's super insightful to share and and it's so true because i've experienced that firsthand i mean just kids will come in oh this sub was yelling at me for no reason and then it's just a whole domino effect of you know that one day or a couple days that that sub was there that those students are set off now and it, it could ruin ruin so much progress for them so i mean that's that's huge for schools and administrators school leaders out there and and teachers um, think about what you can do to embrace the substitute that's in your building. Um, it's not, in my opinion, good enough to just have a substitute sign in the morning and not check in with them at all. You know, especially if, if it's a, if a new sub, you know, for you, Dustin, if you're a long-term sub, you're probably, you know, that you're, you got your routine that you're just like a teacher coming in now. Yeah. At this point, I know, right. I know the routines. Right. I know the extensions to call for different exactly. situations. Like I, I, at this point, like I'm fine. Like they, yeah. they can, they can send and me so off and I'm fine. You're integrated now. But, but for those new, new folks that are coming in, like are, are the teachers bringing that person in during lunchtime to talk to them? Are the principals and school leaders checking in on them throughout the day? And I get that you know, everyone's schedule is busy, but you want less behavior problems when you have a sub, make sure you're checking in with that sub. Like that's going to be the most helpful thing you can do and and talk with them. And like you said, provide them with strategies and, and opportunities to observe and learn and soak up knowledge. Because if you don't do that, then, then it's the same thing. We, we talk with kids. How can we expect them to know how to do something if we never taught them before? Some of these subs are coming in and they've never had any teaching experience. Well, how do we expect them to teach if they've never been taught how to teach before? So being willing to accept them into the school, into the um, into your own classroom to have them observe, being willing to, get, to give your time and embrace them and teach them a couple things here and there. It's not like you got to give them the whole 
whole four years of college and, and teaching career, like worth of knowledge, but give them one strategy that'll help. Yeah. You know, like that could be the biggest thing that, that makes that subs experience better for that school and will make them come back. Yeah. And that's what like the school I'm at now, I can think of multiple times where a teacher or an administrator had my back when something like I've had a teacher come in and basically like pick up the pieces for something that like a it was something was going wrong and she came in and like kind of reset that room for me in like five to ten minutes and basically like made the rest of my day possible I can think of a couple times that principals or assistant principals or behavior strats came in and like backed me up in a group conversation with students about what are the expectations like kind of those those reset buttons Mm -hmm. and a face that the kids didn't know came in and backed me up early on and that was huge yeah like i said i know the teachers next door and the administrators have tons going on but those are the things that retained me and allowed now like now I can do a better job because I came back to that school and continued to practice. Like it's literally a thing that needs practice. Yeah. And if they hadn't done those things, then I'm, I'm liable to just keep bouncing around. Cause eventually your subs, like whether they're a great sub, an average sub, a bad sub at the end of the day, like we're human beings too. And want to feel like we're a part of yeah. something and yeah. want to feel seen. So I guess it's, it's selfish, but it's the kind of selfish that kind of has to be followed up on if you want to. Yeah improve the because you like you said i'm sure the biggest issue that people have with subs is just behaviors just going through the roof yeah when there's well subs in the room what you said though resonates so well though because if we don't bring subs in and treat them as if they are part of the family they're they're gonna feel on the outside and they're not gonna feel as embraced by the school and they're not going to be as willing and open to try new things if it's after the fact. It, it's completely different if I was to bring in a sub and, and give him or her some strategies first up front in the, you know, in the morning before all the behaviors happened versus after the fact. Because then it's like, oh, I'm preparing you versus, oh, no, now I'm correcting what you screwed up on during class. You know what I mean? And it's just little things like that. Um, Like, for instance, our team, we've had lots of subs coming in and out, specifically with seventh grade. And we've done it. We've made it a point to bring in subs during our planning time to see what routines we go to, see how we talk about kids, see how we treat kids, to see, um, to ask them if they have any questions, to give them strategies. And that has helped those subs feel more prepared and comfortable talking to us about what's going on and to operate within that classroom but there's not like this this is like a message to principals now it's like how do you set up systems in place to make sure those things happen without just relying on your seventh grade team to think about it you know what i mean that's that's what i would want people to think about and consider is how do you embrace uh those substitutes in a systematic way versus just a cardiac way well and i think this leads into another question that i know you had prepped I think it goes even above individual school principals to what could districts be doing differently yeah. to approach the sub thing. And this is something that I'm curious about because I don't know that 
much about it. I have read some news stories from other parts of the country about how school districts approach subs, but I haven't actually looked that far into it. But the district I work for this year did just started doing assigned building subs. So that's why I'm like basically at one. Oh, well, this year I have only been in one school. I could on days where they don't need me go to other schools, but for right. the most part, I'm just at the one school. Um, so there's like assigned subs to each building. That to me, it certainly makes me feel better. And I'm, I'm curious, I don't know that if every sub loves it, but I, it, it, it primes the system to allow for some of those issues of like the rotating door yeah. to get resolved. Because if you're keeping the same two to three people in a building at any given time so that through the week the kids see the same two to three guest teachers then some of all that like first time meeting a guest teacher thing eventually goes away. So that seems like a smart systematic change that's mm-hmm. probably helping in a lot of regards. I mean, I don't have the data. Yeah. I don't have the data to back it up uh, right here in front of right. me, but I would imagine that systematic change is helping. Yeah. Well, and it connects to your reasoning before of like I want to feel like I'm part of something. And if you if you're bouncing around from school to school, school to school, to school, you never feel quite like you're a part of a community so that makes a lot of sense yeah being in one school yeah that so that's that's huge and i don't know if i have any solutions but i mean i think a lot of the conversation around substitutes is what's the substitute pay what am i going to get paid in a day if i sub like and we think five dollars here and there yes money like yes money is important in that like that's could be a it can be a main source of income um to substitute but we have to go beyond that too like how are we actually going about recruiting subs? How are we going about um, making sure that they, you know, I mean, you could you could debate insurance, you could debate all the policies you want, but how are we going about finding people that can fill that role? Because um, there is a sub shortage, but I wonder with the people that we have, because we've always had, you know, a, a decent amount of subs at my school, and it's not like we've ever ran out really. How are we truly embracing them and, and training them, right? I don't think, I don't, and maybe I'm completely wrong, okay? I don't have numbers in front of me either, but maybe it's not about the number of subs we have. Maybe it's not about um, focusing on that shortage. It's focusing on once that person is in your building, what do you do with that person? How do you treat that person? How do you embrace that person? I've said that word a lot on this episode, but... I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because that's going to make the person come back. That's going to change their whole mindset of how they approach the job, their willingness to learn. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a great like, answer. But... Uh, well, and like like any answer in education, it'd be nice to say, throw the money at it so that yeah. they have like benefits packages, blah, blah, blah. I fully recognize that districts do not have the resources to do that. Right. And the reality is that a lot of guest teachers are not me. Like I'm approaching it like a... Like a like heavily part-time and at times full-time thing. Like yeah. I know this fall it was full-time for me when I was long-terming. Right. Um, I fully recognize that the substitute pool is like not just me. Like it is retired teachers who just do it to stay in the classroom a bit. Or it's um, people who, you know, just got out of ed school. So that's a lot of your long-terms, right? Or like recent right. ed graduates. So it's hard to design incentives for a system where the participants in that job are all so very different. There are participants who do need, who would greatly benefit from like a partial benefits package. 
And then there are subs who don't need that because they're like retired and did a good job, like, and they have public pension. Like, it's so I understand it's like really hard for districts to minus just increasing the pay by five dollars right. every year, like incentivize that. But I think the recruiting thing could be an interesting conversation. Yeah. How do you find, like, how do you? I don't know. How do you locate the really sharp people or how, yeah. Yeah, how are the people, maybe how do you locate more people who are interested in like teaching or how does, how does subbing become maybe a chance to, like more of like an experiential learning thing? Cause that's yeah. what I've turned it into is it's kind of like, and it's not that I would ever expect to be approached like someone who's done ed school. I know there are things I still don't know. Pedagogy, I don't know. So I should never be like benefited, paid anything like someone who's done the schooling. But there are definitely ways that a lot of districts could be more attractive or make subbing an attractive, like make it a profession instead of like a side thought or an afterthought, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's all about how we talk about it too. So I'm glad that you said that. Dustin, we're wrapping up here. So how can people connect with you and support you? As a sub? As a a (laughs) human being? As a a person? How can people connect with me and support me? Yeah. Oh, I see. This is like your end of podcast thing. Like, like follow my, my twitter like that kind of is that what i'm supposed to say right now i'm just a little offended i feel like <laughs> we've lived together for two years you haven't heard me ask this question to other people no <laughs> you're definitely i have definitely heard it through the door um how, I, can, how can people connect with you oh i don't have twitter but i do have an instagram and a facebook you can keep it private if you want you can if you want to connect with Dustin, DM me, and I will put yeah, you in contact with get Dustin. get in contact with Hunter. Or he, He's a very off-the-grid type person, so he, for the most part, in terms of social yeah, media. Yeah, so ask Hunter if, you, if you're really yeah. that interested. Just Yeah, if you're interested, yeah. let me know, and if you have like questions about his subbing experience, you want to talk to him more about it, um, I, can, I can get you in contact with him. So, All right, Dustin. I know you've heard me ask this question before, so you should be ready. Are you ready? Yes. That wasn't confident. Okay. Well, well <laughs> I just, I'm a little jarred because apparently I'm not good at taking support when it's offered. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another issue. All right. <laughs> ready? Final question. Say there's a complete revision of schools across the world and we decide to build a brand new education system from scratch. They interview educators from across the world to shape this new school system, and lo and behold, they pick you, substitute teacher Dustin Eubanks, um, to offer that feedback to those people. Jesus now, Christ. They only allow <laughs> oh God. They only allow three new statements or three statements uh, from you. What would you tell them when you're offering that, those statements to redesign this new school system? Three? Three. Three things? Yep. The first one that popped in my head was let kids be kids. So whatever you design, like leave room for like play and exploration much later into school. I just wonder there are so many days I wonder if and I this I know goes into the 
like schooling coming out of like militaristic needs especially in like the great war right anyway let kids play um second thing i would say is ask yourself what the like what's the goal like like is is it uh are you are you trying to create utilitarians or are you trying to foster minds and hearts and that's my liberal arts bias seeping (laughs) in for sure so full disclosure i definitely wish that education overall in this country was more geared toward teaching people how to find fulfillment and not so much about how to hit six digits in your salary yeah uh, so that's my, if you want to argue with me about it, you can DM Hunter and he'll hook us up. And then third statement, mm-hmm. so let kids be kids. Ask yourself what the goal is as far as the utilitarian aspect. Um, add some color, add some color to the buildings and to, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like spruce it up. <laughs> and that's symbolic that could that, yeah. that 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 could that could go into a lot of pieces of the of the pie what i mean by right add, add add some color and spruce things up and but like so many of our buildings it's like walking into a a square like yeah taller windows like i don't know nature centers, windows in the first place <laughs> windows in the first place yeah. like i don't know we really need to get people in touch with the world around them and yeah not so much with like the sharpened end of a pencil yeah you know kids have enough dullness in their lives you know we need to spruce it up and add color and make it exciting i know that teacher i was lucky enough to student teach with he said oh uh, he asked his school if he could paint some of his classroom and technically it was like against policy or against code screw it he painted the ceiling tiles, he painted the cabinets, and no one has said anything since. Yeah. And it makes that room pop, and it makes it makes it more exciting of a place to be. I, so. I can think of an amazing business tech room, and the teacher, uh, you probably know what teacher I'm, I'm thinking of, maybe. Hmm. And I, don't, I don't know if people name teachers in schools on it's this fine. podcast. Name them, yeah. Shout them out. Molly Aqua, I have not seen you at all this year, since <laughs> your school did not end up being the one that stole me. But Rip. there was splashes of color all over that classroom. Yeah. I think in partnership with the art classroom next door. I'm not sure. Even but better. either way, I'm just saying the students when they came into that business tech room were pretty. They were pretty. Yeah, yeah they were smiling. Not that the ceiling tile is directly responsible for that, but that painted ceiling tile says something. It, it makes it feel like home and not like a place kids have to be. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Dustin, glad we could do this. Thanks so much. I will literally see you right after you turn this off. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> don't you love living with oh, me? Oh, this is great. Oh, God. Schools of Thought listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure that you subscribe. If you need to connect with Dustin Eubanks, DM me so that you can argue with him because he loves to argue. Uh, but thank you, Dustin, again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Schools of Thought a podcast by Ed Essentials. Original music by Patrick Cunningham. 
Links to connect with us are in the show notes. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because it really helps us out. Always bring your best, and we'll see you next time on Schools of Thought.